into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and joining me from the gridiron, it's your co-host, Nick Richardson. What's up, y'all? I'm here with my gridiron gang, a.k.a. The Rock? I mean, he is my homie. He's here as well. Um, but, what up, you know, Dwayne? Yeah, it's, it's, he prefers The Rock when he's on the gridiron. Right. I got you. Uh, I'm wondering if I should have went that you were joining me from uh, Gettysburg. But I thought that would have been too deep a cut. Like maybe people wouldn't have understood that we're talking football movies today if I would have went with Gettysburg. 50,000 people died there. That is very sad. I went there for my honeymoon. It's a very beautiful place. The people are very nice. I mean, yeah, but like there's probably got to be a better place to go for a honeymoon, right? I, You know, possibly, but... There's mountains around there, and it's I get that, very, yeah. very nice. I like people where I live are assholes. Shout out people where I live. <laughs> hey, look, here's the thing, though. People everywhere are assholes. These people were super nice, throw that man. Out there. They were very, very nice. Uh, shout out Gettysburg. Not assholes there. Yeah, lots of Amish people, too. That was cool. That's true. That's because in Gettysburg, they know that the, the shit that brings people in is super boring, so they've got to be really nice to make up for that. The food was dynamite, too. <laughs> there you go. That helps, too. All right, so we're talking not Gettysburg, not Civil War today. We're talking football movies. We're giving out movie superlatives to football movies. Uh, the rules are only one movie per award and only one award per movie. We've got some guests here to help us today give out these awards to different football movies. Um, so we hope you enjoy that as well. And we, we've got a lot going on. The The... You know, the category is football movies, so we want to make sure that the movie was mostly about football, or at least tangentially about football. Um, I think I've got one of those in there that's not quite about football, but it's also somewhat about football. So, this is going to be fun. I love football movies. Thanksgiving is this week. Well, not this week, but the, the week it's releasing, Thanksgiving is coming up. Thanksgiving is a time for football, and apparently family, mostly football and food, though. Yeah, football, food, and family. The triple F's, and I mean, you can't go wrong with football on Thanksgiving. I remember the first time I saw The Replacements was Thanksgiving. Good film, so I've read. I've actually never seen all of The Replacements. It's one of those movies that was literally on TNT all the time when I was in college, and I've seen most of it through that, but I've never watched it from beginning to end. I don't think anybody has. Not anybody born after 1982. No, probably not. Shout out you guys. Because that's uh, everybody else is watching on TNT, same as I was. So, the categories that we're giving awards for today are Best Coach, Best Player, Best End Goal. Like, what is the team trying to accomplish by winning the big game or winning the season? Like, what, what are they actually going to accomplish if they win? Uh, the Most Interesting Team and the Best Touchdown Slash Touchdown Celebration. That was kind of an either-or, but I wrapped mine into both of them. I'm very eager to hear what that is, because I had a bitch of a time. I had to go either-or. Yeah, that's fine. That's how it was supposed to be, and when I gave it to the the guests that's going to be filling in on that answer, I, I just said best touchdown. So I didn't even give them the celebration option. Sometimes I make things too confusing for even myself. <laughs> what the fuck did I mean here? Especially, yeah, that happens sometimes, like, if I wrote an outline, like, eight months ago, and I'm like, oh, we can finally do this one, and I look at the outline, I'm like, what the fuck was I talking about? Where was I? Yeah, and then you try to get in the mind space. That's a bitch sometimes, yeah. man, especially if you handwrite them. Oof. 
No, my everything goes terrible. into a, a Google Drive because I'll lose handwritten notes. The only handwritten notes I have are for the uh, Patreon exclusives. I'd sit and uh, write my notes out there in my a podcast about something notebook that you can get from tpublic.com slash APA something. The merch is dope. It's all there. It's got our logo, all kinds of stuff. I have a t-shirt, and it's wonderful. Super I have a hoodie that I actually got to wear last week because it dropped below 75 degrees in Florida, so that was nice. Man, fuck. Can't wear it anymore now. That. (laughs) You bastard. It was negative nine pretty much all last week with winds. Like, when I go into work. I could do without. Oh, the wind. See, everybody around me is always like, yeah, I don't mind the cold until it's windy. I'm fine with the cold until the wind hits, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, like, I just walk out in the cold with my jacket and my pants. I'm fine. And it actually feels good sometimes, but, like, that wind starts hitting you. No. Get me out of that shit. Yeah. Fuck that. Should we give up some made-up awards to some football movies? Oh, hell yeah. As part of your Thanksgiving homework listeners... Watch all of these movies during Thanksgiving. Especially if you haven't seen them. Yeah. And, you know, the Lions are always on on Thanksgiving, so just skip that Lions game and throw one of these movies on instead. Or do both. We have phones and, you know, tablets and shit. A lot of TVs in the house wherever Thanksgiving is hosted. You've got, you know, if your uh, significant other is going out shopping on Black Friday, great time to catch up on some football movies. There's nothing better than a football movie. No. Actually, that's a good question. Wait, because I think I'm already gonna take that back. What's the best kind of sports movie? A football. What movie. sport is the best? Football. Definitely. I disagree. It's boxing. What boxing movies are there besides Will Smith's Ali? Well, Rocky? yeah, uh, that's dumb. Like twelve of them. Rocky, uh, the Fighter, uh, Southpaw, Creed. the Fighter. Uh, that was the dumbest comment I think I've yeah, ever that, made that on this rough. show. Witness, you guys did, have witnessed did you need me. To edit that out for you. Oh man. The thing about boxing movies and one day we'll probably do boxing movie superlatives and i'll have to make remake this point is you can you can focus on the individual right so you can tell an individual story within the framework of a sports movie where you're overcoming odds and things like that with a football movie or a basketball movie it's it's about it's always about how the team comes together for the most part it you've got to have four or five strong actors to to make the movie work right i mean no i I was trying to think of a way to say it without, like, I don't know, necessarily being a dick. In a boxing movie, you just need a good, one good lead actor, and hopefully the supporting, like, the uh, the girlfriend or wife is also a good actress. <laughs> girlfriend Unless it's or wife. It million, usually million is dollar baby. Too. I mean, Million Dollar Baby. The, the grandpa. That was a, that was a uh, female-led boxer movie, and I didn't like that movie, but it wasn't because it was female-led. It was just, like... It was a fucking Clint Eastwood movie, so it was long and boring. Dry as Yeah. Fuck. But like the the boxing scenes in that movie were fantastic. Yeah, they were just great. everything in between it was fucking terrible and I didn't want to watch it. It was very realistic until the point where she fell on the stool. And then it was yeah. just like wow. Then they it's like, oh, there's still an out. hour and twelve minutes left of this movie. Yeah. And, and she's just... laying in a bed the whole time. And it's just getting sadder. And then I also like baseball movies. I hate baseball, but I like baseball movies for that same reason. Baseball movies usually focus on a single person overcoming their demons to win the big game, right? It's either a pitcher or like a big hitter. Somebody who who's in a slump, like you take the natural and, you know, Roy Hobbs is in a slump and he's got to, and also he gets shot, but he's got to come out of that <laughs> slump to win the game. 
I mean, getting shot usually puts you into a slump. I, 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 I fucking imagine. Especially if you got shot in the arm. I think you got shot in, like, the ass or something. I don't remember. That would make it's it like, even worse. You don't clench your butt if you try to swing at a baseball? Exactly. So you, you still get that, that individual personal story in a baseball movie because it doesn't really matter who the center fielder is because the movie's actually about the pitcher and and him throwing the perfect game kind of thing. Yeah, with football movies, I think though, football's third, to be honest. With No, I disagree. I mean, it falls right into the That's same category as boxing and any other sports movie. Yeah, it does, because there's always a character on football. Yeah, so it's like... It focuses on the team, but there's always that little sub-character within the team. Well, let's take Remember the Titans for a minute, which... There's like 12 characters in that movie. Yeah, there's 12 characters that... that it, it focuses on the coach more than the players, and it doesn't actually matter which one of those players is is coming through, because they all have to come through at some point. you got Gary Bertier, you've got uh, Sunshine Ronnie Bass, you've got uh, Julius Campbell. You've got Petey. You've got whatever Ryan Gosling's character's name is. I don't think he had a name. You've got Racist Ray in there. Like, they all – you got Louis Lastic. They all need to to do their part to win the game. Friday Night Lights, same thing. You get Booby Miles. You got Mike Winchell. You got the Preacher on defense. Uh, I don't know. Chavez, the cornerback. Like, you've got to have all of those things. In a boxing movie or a baseball movie, you only need one guy. You don't need to have all those things, though. This is what I'm saying. I think it I think all comes down to... I think have a good football movie, you do, though. No, you need characters, need... and by that I mean goofballs, like character well, yeah, personifications. Have... That's you what I'm saying. You definitely have to have like the goofball characters in there in, in a football movie, but because you have to break up all of the, the teamwork crap with some humor. But, but the, the point I'm trying to make, and maybe I'm not making it well enough, is, and I love football movies, and bringing all of those characters together is what makes a football movie great and that's a lot of what we're going to talk about in this episode but it doesn't the story outside of the football game doesn't ever focus strongly enough on any one of those characters for me to feel a connection to them does that make sense that does because you have to have all of them you have to have all of them to make the team you you can't make a football movie that only that focuses on one player for the whole movie you, yeah, there rarely is not do a they even there's not a good football movie out there that's like, okay, we're just going to pay attention to what happens to the quarterback. Running back, he doesn't matter. The receivers, they don't matter. No linemen, no defensive backs. They're all just extras. We just care about the quarterback. There's so not the a modern movie, day not NFL. A good football movie out there that does that. I don't even know if there's an actual football movie out there that does that. If there is, hit us on Twitter. I'd love to hear. Because Seriously, because I mean, that's just a unrealistic it's all about the quarterback these days you can't even flick the motherfuckers that sounds like a salty bears fan there that has a shitty quarterback that is a mega salty bears fan i'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit it saltier than any hey, italian just beef remember y'all traded up two spots in that draft to get mitchell trubisky while deshaun watson and patrick mahomes are sitting there doing nothing at 10 and 15 so just remember mitchell think, trubisky you think i don't know this picks got traded yeah, oh no, I know you know. I'm just reminding have, everyone out there. I have that shit tattooed on my chest, son. Every time I look in the mirror. We just... traded up for Mitchell Trubisky. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were available much later in the draft. Yeah, I mean, it stretches it's really long down my belly. It cost me like three grand. But I am that dedicated. It's a good tattoo. I won't lie. All right, let's get into the awards. Let's do it. I think we've done enough BSing. Uh, 
best coach. So we are going to hear, uh, when we do each award, we're going to hear from the guest first. We'll react to that, and then we'll give our picks. So we're going to hear from Boomer from the Boomstick podcast, and he is at Boomer821 on Twitter. Oh, hell yeah. Hello, all a podcast about something. Listeners, this is Boomer. I am with the Boomstick podcast. I'm half of it. We are a podcast that talks about kind of everything. One of my hosts is a hardcore liberal, not me. And I am somebody who doesn't care about politics, and we fight about all things like that. Uh, today, I've been given the task to give out the best coach award for football movies. And for me, I'm going with the movie maybe a lot of you haven't seen. Maybe you have. I'm not sure. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It's The Program. <clears throat> And I'm giving it to Sam Winters uh, because of all the football movies, it is the most realistic to me. Uh, I feel like it's something that has happened before with coaches who are long-tenured coaches and given a, a deadline of if you don't do so good off a bad season, you could get fired. And college coaches will go to any risk to get this done, especially back then. Uh, Joe Paterno is somebody that you could mention that has done that. Um, but so in this movie, he is trying to help his quarterback win a Heisman while being an alcoholic and one of his best linebackers or DNs being on steroids. And he does what you would think and tries to make sure his players are best fitted uh, and helps to make sure they can get the job done. And he finally does succumb and make his quarterback go to rehab. Um, but the reason I like it the most is that he is the most realistic. If you go, I know most you're going to say, remember the Titans is about a real coach. That's a completely fiction story about a realistic person. You can go do the research and see that the coach from remember Titans was nothing like that. He was actually mocked hardcore and then fired a couple years after uh, that year of that national championship and segregation. Um, so for me, I'm going with the program. I think it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, and Sam Winters, uh, who's played by James Caan, who's a great mobs mobster as well in, uh, you know, The Godfather and so on. Uh, go check out the program. Go check out the boomstick. And thank you, a podcast about something. So we got Sam Winters from the program. Have you ever seen the program? I have not. I've never even heard of that. It's it's a uh, 80s football movie like you said it's a it's a college coach and basically everything you could think that could go wrong on a college sports team goes wrong he's got a guy on steroids he's got a guy on drugs he's got uh like a quarterback who can't live up to the pressure and wants to kill himself like there's all kinds of shit going on and the it's a good it's a good pick it's wrong but it's a good pick <laughs> it um, sounds really intense like what more intense than i want from a football movie it, yeah, it, it gets a little deep, and then it's got kind of that 80s boring flow to it a little bit, so it, it's hard to, to stick with sometimes. It's a solid movie. It's a, it's a good watch. Um, I would never watch it again, but it's, you know, it's, it's a good one-time watch. And like you said, there's a lot going on, and James Caan, as Sam Winters, does a great job of holding that team together and, you know, playing for his job. But I've got to go a different way. I also have to go a different way. My best coach, and it's somebody that Boomer mentioned. It's Herman Boone from Remember the Titans. I don't care. You mother trucker. I mean, but it's the only right answer. I'm sorry. It really is. It really is. It may be a mostly fictionalized story because... Who cares? It's a movie. Well, exactly. It's it's movie... It's it's movie players and coaches. It, It doesn't matter what actually happened in the real world. And, like, go do the research on Remember the Titans. It is vastly 
off base with its uh, historical accuracy. Not even close. Like the undefeated team was like three years after they integrated and Gary Bertier got hurt like 10 years later, not in the game. Like there's all this different stuff that that's going on that didn't actually happen that they, you know, played up to Disney-fy the movie. Um, and I mean, he it, uh, Boomer's recording, he said, you know, that Boone was actually like a, in, in real life was a pretty shitty person and he got mocked constantly. I'm like, well, and remember the Titans, I'm pretty sure he gets mocked constantly too, just maybe for different reasons. Oh yeah, and then everybody's kind of racist. There's that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's and, a and big here's one. the thing. Here's why Herman Boone's the best coach. He fucking defeated racism. <clears throat> like he won. Racism lost. Racism was ended after this movie came out, and Herman Boone was the best coach ever. And, and you know what the best is that part true? Was? And in 2019, is that still true? Is racism dead? Oh hell no. Shit, it came back. God damn it. We need to remake. Remember the Titans. Get on that. Dude, we'll get Denzel, fuck, no, we'll get Denzel don't, back in. Don't, 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 don't. Denzel Washington get... is too old. We need his son. We need his son. Ooh, John David Washington. Oh, we could, that. yeah, we could so, we could so remake Remember the Titans. All right. So he's great at speeches, gives a great Gettysburg speech, uh, gives some great, and you got to give his, his coaching staff some shine too, because Coach Yost, really great at, at uh, in-game speeches too. You make sure you remember forever the night they played the Titans. Yeah, I mean... That's a great speech. That's about all he was good for. Otherwise, he's kind of a... I mean, he put PD on defense. He's very passive-aggressive. When Boone aggressive. yelled at him, he, he brought PD out. Um, but really, back to Boone, give me Denzel in any role, and I'm there for it. Just like, about. Denzel's fantastic. He's, uh, he's so on point in this there role. There are very few Denzel movies that I cannot watch. I did just recently watch The Equalizer 2, and that was not good, but it wasn't Denzel's fault. Um, he's still watchable. He's so good, especially yeah. in his younger days. He was fantastic, fallen, amazing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Never seen it. I don't know. He had such a great line. Whenever it, the way he portrayed his coach was, it reminded me of my coaches as a kid. Yeah, he They're, felt like a real coach. Oh, absolutely, like a guy that wants, I guess, what's best for you. Mostly, what's best for him. Um, well, except for not giving anybody water breaks. That, that's a rough look in 2019. He would be sued. Like he would oh, not yeah. be a coach anymore because I mean, everybody's people die babies. From that. So yeah, that's rough. It is a little rough. But you know, he got the message through. Water is for cowards. Water is for getting blood off that jersey. You don't get no blood on my jersey. You must be outside. Damn, I know every line of that movie. It's so good. I know just about it. I watched it in in middle school or high school, both. Like when it came, I think it came out in two thousand. So middle school and high school, I watched it. Every week before a football game. Yeah. Like, it was... We would have games on Fridays or Saturdays, depending on like just how the schedule lined up. And I would watch it Thursday, usually. It was on the rotation, for sure. I knew that that argument between Bertier and Julius, like uh, when they're at the the two-week camp or whatever at Gettysburg, like I knew every line to that from both of them. I, I just know pretty much every line of the movie still. Uh, but going back to Denzel as a coach, he only runs six plays. Split veers are like Novocaine. Give it time, it'll work. Like that's, that's bold to only run six plays yeah that is very bold i think once sunshine ronnie bass came in and that's another thing he overcomes losing his starting quarterback early in the season you bring in sunshine ronnie bass who low-key close to winning the best player award for me he, yeah, he didn't win dope. it because i mean boone's got to win best coach so you can't pick two from the titans but sunshine ronnie bass is really good he can't make the pitch but i think he eventually gets it uh, but i think i feel like 
Boone had to introduce more plays into the playbook once he's got the cannon of Sunshine Ronnie Bass in there. Yeah, that dude is a wild card, and Boone utilizes him to the max. Yeah, and then he, he couldn't lose any games if he wanted to keep his job, and he didn't. So there you go. Like, that that's a great coach to me. Yeah, that is... That is very tough, and he's always got those little quips, those sayings that are great. I remember how many feet are in a mile because of that guy. Yep. 5,280 feet. 280. And you picked this ball picked up in one, one of them. You're killing me, Petey. You're killing, killing me. I digress. Fucking Petey. What do you mean? So what so do you bad. remember Donald Faison from the most? Is it this, is it Scrubs, or is it Clueless? Scrubs, by far. Cause I, I think for I, me it's Clueless for some Whenever I think of Faison, I think of Clueless for whatever reason. I've only seen the movie once. I've never seen I know. We, we've discussed that. But and, and then he was in this, and then he was in Scrubs. And I just like it never got out of my mind that he was the dude from Clueless. He was always Scrubs for me. I mean, obviously because I'd never seen Clueless. But with Scrubs, he was... It was one of those shows that I couldn't stand... But I still watched it all the time because it was like the only thing on. I never liked Scrub. I didn't like. I don't like Zach Braff. There are very few things that I can stand to watch him in. Arrested Development, he's great in that. But other than that, nothing for me. We got to mention while we're on Remember the Titans because we're not going to come back to Remember the Titans anymore. Great fucking soundtrack. It is pretty balling. And those. And the way they use the music is really good too. A lot of it is between the players, you know, bonding type things. Really good stuff from the music in Remember the Titans. It's a very well done movie. And it, it holds really up still. Which Not is... historically accurate in the least bit. No, but, but I mean, who cares? It's a, it's a movie. I've never really looked at it and been like, you know, if this was a true story, I'd like it a whole lot more. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's based roughly on a true story. It's just they cherry-picked a lot of things to put it together as the story they told. And I like the story they told better anyways. It makes more sense. Uh, yeah, the only the boring. only thing in this movie I have a problem with is the after the make them remember forever the night they played the Titans they do that montage of just every big hit I don't want the, them to gain another yard kind of stuff and fucking Bertier runs over to the sideline and just points at the the opposing coach that was pretty that was funny rough. yeah that was, that, that was just kind of out of place but with his mouthpiece in and shit it's like what are you a gorilla chill yeah. out buddy you about to beat your chest it's a good thing you said that about Bertier and not one of the black players just saying. I am not ignorant. You just say that. What was who was your favorite character in Remember the Titans? I just feel like we're gonna turn this into an hour about Remember the Titans and then like ten minutes on the rest of these awards, but that's fine. I'm okay with that. Who was your favorite character player on Just Remember the Titans? Bertier. Bertier. I, I liked the Bertier Julius relationship best about that movie. It was dope. I really just liked it because I played linebacker and yeah, there you go. left side, strong side type stuff. Yep, and there was a lot of yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a, a lot of that. So, I mean, he was uh, easily identifiable with myself. Big fan of Louis Lastic, too. Louis Lastic! He's got, he's got some great mama jokes. They all are characters. They're fucking that's characters. A, that's a mama joke. <laughs> great movie. All right, let's move on. Otherwise, we're just going to delve into that and never move past it. We also, on Twitter, asked for our weekly poll who the best coach in a football movie is. And our choices were Herman Booth from Remember the Titans, as we mentioned, Sam Winters from the program, as we mentioned, or as Boomer mentioned. Uh, I threw in Lance Harbor from Varsity Blues. 
the uh, when Paul Walker came in and coached that final game. I thought he did a really great job. And then other comments, as always. Uh, Herman Boone won on the landslide, 35%. Lance Harbor gets 19%. Sam Winters with 8%. And other with 38%, obviously. That was uh, so we got some feedback from some people at Kobe Mac at the Kobe Told Me podcast. Uh, why he, he gives a gif of Denzel from uh, Remember the Titans and say why that wasn't an Oscar-nominated performance stupefies me. Totally agree here, as we've laid out Super. in our previous point. Uh, then the Harper podcast at the Harper throws in Lou Brown from Major League. Uh, that's a baseball movie, so that's going to be disregarded. Boom. The Cooking with Grief podcast at Cooking with Grief uh, throws in, oh, I don't know his name, but it's um, from any given Sunday. Al Pacino. I don't remember his name in the movie. It was Tony something. Tony D'Amato. Tony D'Amato. That's the one. You just watched that recently, didn't you? No. I actually listened to the Hold My Popcorn episode. That's right. Episode. And you said you hadn't seen it, so I figured now you've watched it. No, I, I've seen it before. Oh, okay, okay. I, I got you. recently. Anyway, Tony D'Amato, gif of him giving his inches speeches. What a great speech there. Um, I said, I don't know if he's a great, I said choice, but I meant coach. I don't know if he's a great coach, but he does give a great speech and does a great job fucking over the Sharks at the end. Seriously. So you got to give him. You got to give him props for that. But honestly, the way he managed his team was not always great. I mean, there were a bunch of hooligans. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Lawrence Taylor, Lawrence Taylor literally cut a dude's Hummer in half with a chainsaw. And there's a lot of cocaine. There's a lot of cocaine going around in there. A lot of dicks, too. Yeah, too many. A lot of cocaine and dicks. Cameron Diaz doesn't seem to mind. I mean, I'll just leave it there. All right. Uh, a game of two halves at go two halves uh, gives a vote for Sam Winter, says he's so underrated. You know, we, we talked about him a little bit. Uh, Philosophilm podcast at Philosophilm underscore pod. Danny O'Shea and the Little Giants. Football is not just about winning. He seriously helped those kids self-esteem with a nice gif of Rick Moranis. I think we'll be getting to the Little Giants sometime here on our lists. Uh, Sarah Knightley. Sarah Knightley at Sarah Knightley gives the same gif of the inches speech from Tony D'Amato. Except you have a slightly different reaction from a different player. It is, yeah, it's 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 not the exact same gif. It's a different gif with a different reaction shot, but same speech. This guy looks uh, like he's shitting his pants in the front. Yeah, he's guy. like, oh shit, it is a game of inches. You're right, Tony. Tony D. <laughs> yeah, the first guy looks like he's praying or breathing very heavily. Yeah, he's like, all right, like whatever, coach. Like, he's like, let's just fucking go out and play. I don't care. I'm cool, B. <laughs> Uh, then true facts with Robert banquet podcast at TF speak sees, uh, Nick Saban in the blind side. Also Nick Saban, anytime hashtag roll tide, fuck Alabama and the crimson tide and all of that. Calvin's laying it down right now. Uh, also Nick say, I mean that that's a great pick because he's a real coach in a movie. Like I like that pick. It's very, uh, meta, but at the same time. As a Crimson Tide fan, can you really give it to Nick Saban there? Because he's playing the LSU coach in the blind side. Because at the time Michael Orr's story was taking place, he was still coaching for LSU. So I think you're a little bit odd, at odds with yourself there. True Facts with Robert Banquet podcast. Ooh, challenge also, thrown down. Fuck the Crimson Tide, go Gators. Yeah, fuck the Gators, son. Easy now. Hey, fuck Tim Tebow. Yeah. Let me throw okay. that out there. All right, now, now you're just being mean, and it's not fair. Let's, let's just Illinois. move on. Do, do, do. Really? Oh, you already know Lovey Smith. Look at that beard. Thank you. Right. Tightness. So Jesse Creek at J Creek 74. I'm just going to ignore you now. Y'all <laughs> forgot about the goat 
coach Jimmy McGinty, who took a scab roster with a skittish QB and beat Dallas while spotting them 20 points at half. Helps to have a kicker who's automatic from up to 70 yards, though. Again, I haven't seen the replacements, so that's kind of why I left Jimmy McGinty out. But it's a good pick. A scab roster? That is a super rough description. You well, a, a scab is, uh, during a strike, a scab is a person who signs with, sides with management. So it's an employee who sides with management and basically keeps their job instead of going on strike with the rest of the employees. Sounds so that's cool. what they mean by scab there. Ah, I never picked that up. I also have seen maybe that whole movie over like nine years. There you go. That, that's how it works with the replacements, as we've discussed here. Um, so I, I still think it's Herman Boone from Ramona Titans. Sorry to all you other voters, but it's Herman Boone. Herman Boone. Anyway, I agree. thank you for all the feedback. Uh, usually every week, most every week we throw a poll up there, uh, before we record about something we're going to be recording about and we give shout outs to whoever participates. So if you want to get involved, follow at APA something on Twitter at alone underscore on pot, uh, fuck at alone underscore podcast on Twitter. Also. And check out our polls each week, usually on Wednesdays, because that's when we record. Boom. Thank you, everyone, for participating. Best player is the next award we're giving out. We've got some help from Joshua Self uh, from the Self. Oh, what is it? Uh, Self Shoots the Shit podcast. And he is at Magus of the M on Twitter. So let's listen to that real quick. Hear what he has to say. And play. Woo! Are you ready for some football? Hi, my name is Joshua Self. I'm the host of the podcast, Self Shoots the Shit. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, under Magus of the M. And I have the great pleasure of presenting an award to you guys. I mean, there's the Tonys, there's the Grammys, there's the Emmys, and then there are podcasts about something awards. Mama, I made it. I'm in the big time now. Special thanks to a podcast about something for having me on. The best player award, it's got to go to the legendary... Bobby Boucher of the Waterboy. I mean, hands down. This guy plays offense, plays defense, and can get your water. I mean, who else does that? I don't know any other football players wanting to get someone else's water. Not only that, this guy is gifted with the most powerful ability known to man. Plot armor. Doesn't matter if he's got problems at home with his mom. Maybe he's got problems with his dad. Problems with his girlfriend. Plot armor. His team is losing by double digits. Plot armor. He's got to play a different position, plot armor. Like, he doesn't even want to play anymore because he's got a problem with his team. But guess what? Plot armor. He's coming right back. You know, I wish I had plot armor. I'd have been in a few situations, some precarious predicaments, and I did not come out unscathed. You know, I had a few bruises, some scratches, maybe some failed relationships. I mean, I I wish I had some plot armor. So, best player in a football movie has definitely got to go to Mr. Bobby Boucher. That's a great pick. First of all, let me just say, you have made it big time by hosting a uh, movie superlative. Can't, it, can't get bigger than that. Exactly, and your choice was pretty big time. I completely, the whole time preparing this, I didn't even think about the Waterboy one time. What? And then, you know, Self from Self shoot the sh- Shoots the Shit comes in and just blows my mind with Bobby Boucher. Dude played linebacker, he played quarterback, he made the game-winning touchdown, he forced turnovers... He got a tattoo of Merlin Olsen on his ass, maybe? I don't know. That that happened somewhere in that movie, right? 
I couldn't tell you. I that do not was, recall. Uh, Henry Winkler got a tattoo of uh, somebody on his ass. I don't remember who it was. And he said, remember, what mama don't know won't hurt her. Yeah, that was really, really weird. I just watched that a couple weeks ago, and instead of just, I, I mean, I've seen it a million times, but it's one of those where I notice shit every time I watch it. And uh, Super I just, deep movie, The Waterboy. Well, it's just, it's fucking weird, man. And there's it's there's a lot weird. to pick apart there. You're focusing the on Bobby heads, Boucher, right? who is kind of a knucklehead, but then they're eating weird yeah, Vicky shit. Vicky Valancourt. I don't know. Vicky Valancourt's into some voodoo shit. The mama won't let him do anything. You got uh, donkey Blake, inside. Like Blake Clark over there rubbing his nipples when something happens. Good. Hey, that was that was good old American excitement. That that party that he goes to, like after they win the first game that he plays in, is one of the weirdest scenes I've ever seen in my life. There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. It's very strange. Anyway, yeah, Bobby Boucher's a good pick. I, I like that uh, because he, like he said, he's got plot armor. Whatever it takes to win the game, he can fucking do it. Cut his fucking head off, you know. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't do more to disrupt his all quality talent because he really but does have plot armor out the let's, ass. Let's just talk movie. about this for a second. Gatorade is far superior to water. The fuck you say? I, I'm I'm not, I'm on record here. Gatorade is better than. Water. <laughs> There is a I love water, recording. but Gatorade's better. Fuck Gatorade, man. It's too sweet. It gets all, you know, it's sticky in your mouth G2. and stuff. Fuck is going on in your mouth? G2 right, is you have way stickier. No, G2 is terrible. Like, it's it, very it literally sweet. tastes like water with a drop of Gatorade in it. It's useless. <laughs> Here, have this uh, high-quality Gatorade that I'll charge you extra for. I mean, it's yeah. just that tap water they're pulling out of the back of a gas station. Not a little food coloring. Who do you have for best player? I got the amazing, the all-talented, the absolutely jacked Booby Miles from Booby Friday Miles, Night Lights. Great pick. Great yeah. pick. Dude is a transcendent talent. I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely a fucking beast. Man, I didn't pick Friday Night Lights for any of these either. That's right. What wrong. are you doing? I mean. It's just. You missed out on Booby. Yeah, Miles, I mean. Put, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we didn't pick because we'd have just ended up picking the same thing for every one. So I'm glad that didn't happen. But I, I Booby loses points because he gets hurt twice. Put Booby in. Let him spin. Still though, think about it like this, man. They were they were no brainers for the championship with Booby Miles on their team. I don't Dude know was, about that, man. I mean, he didn't that like team from lift. Dallas is fucking stacked. They were stacked, but Booby didn't lift or hard. I mean, he hardly. I mean, Derek uh, Luke was also like 35 at the time they filmed the movie, so he's got a leg up there too. I mean, yeah, he's absolutely jacked, and it's a movie, but it, within the context of the movie, I knew a kid like that in high school. That dude was so nasty, and we were immediately way better with him on the team. Except everybody from that Dallas team was basically the booby miles of their position, recruited from all over the state to come play for this fucking Dallas powerhouse squad. I I agree, booby miles is great. I'm not trying to take that away. He just couldn't be my best player because he got hurt. He barely played, you know? I got a problem with that. Well, he if played, you can't I be mean, on there's... the field, the best ability you can have as a football player is availability. That's what Mike Golick always says. God damn it, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a good joke uh, or a good like saying. No, stupid. my coaches used to say that to me and it brought yeah. horrible flashbacks. <laughs> Sorry about that. But really blame Mike Golick. It's his fault. You fuck Mike Golick. Whoever you are. 
yeah, Friday Night Lights is great. I can't believe I didn't pick it. It just, like I said, it's it's not, to me, it's not the best at anything. It is a really good football movie, but they lose the big game. Their best player gets hurt. Uh, the coach, and not the best coach, like, he, he doesn't adapt well to losing Booby. Like, it takes him a while to figure out, like, give the ball to Jet Jackson and make sure he doesn't run out of bounds. Um, ah, yeah, I don't know. It just... There's some good scenes, but overall, like, even the, the pump-me-up speech at halftime, that's given by Preacher. It's not given by the coach. He, he does give a good good speech to uh, Mike Winchell about winning and losing, you know, when they're going home from the coin toss. I mean, maybe it would win an award for Best Alcoholic Father. I mean, that's a given. It's got a good scene there. Yeah. It's Texas, but, I mean, yeah. he's – we're going best, best overbearing, player. Best overbearing parent. I think he was the best player in any football movie. I think Just you're wrong. And here we go. Here's why. Okay. <laughs> I mean, first of all, Bobby Boucher is better. We already determined that, right? Uh, no, we didn't determine that. No. One one thing Booby Miles doesn't have that Bobby Boucher does is plot armor. That's for damn sure. He really fucking doesn't, and he's an ugly. <laughs> he has no so armor. He has the opposite of plot armor. That's he, points he's against He's basically him too. plot glass. Yeah. Yeah, he's Mister Glass. He's the cousin of Mister Glass. And there you go. That's all you really need to know. His plot armor is very, very thin. So here we go. Here's the actual best player in a football movie. Hit me. Let's go. It is Steeman Willie Beeman of the Miami Sharks from Any Given Sunday. Played by, is gloriously a... by Jamie Foxx. Bitch. He's Willie Beeman. He's, I mean, he's got vocal talent out the keister. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's in that Metrics commercial. Looking jacked. That's great. He's a third stringer that comes to start for his team after the first two strings go down. Uh, he's clearly the most electric player on the field. He basically revolutionized the NFL before the NFL was re- revolutionized because he was Michael Vick before Mike Vick even existed. Because this is in 99 or 2000. Michael Vick hadn't made it to the NFL yet. So he's out there doing things that we wouldn't see for another three or four years. And then I, I don't know how... Michael Vick didn't ever get compared to Willie Beeman when he came out. Probably because it w- was a movie. That could be. Um, he had some, you know, s- some nervousness issues. He'd always had to vomit before he got out there. But, you know, he comes in as a third stringer, takes his team to the championship. They don't win, but that's okay. And then um, he gets scooped up when his coach changes teams at the end of the season, becomes GM of the, the new expansion team. Grabs Willie Beeman to be his quarterback, so the uh, the Miami Sharks can't use him anymore. So brutal. Great team around Willie Beeman too for the Sharks. Uh, they got Lawrence Taylor out there. Fuck yeah. They've got LL Cool J as the running back. Awesome. Terrell Owens is on the team as one of the receivers. Um, no which shit. in a very like yeah, they don't show his face or anything. They show his face one time. He scores a touchdown. And he's doing like a uh, he's got his hands up in the end zone, like while some of his teams are his teammates are picking him up and they kind of zoom in on his face a little bit so you can tell it's him. But it's on the back of his jerseys. It's Owens 81 and it's it's him. It's in the credits and everything. I don't know, man. He's just too electric. I I can't get away from that. He doesn't get hurt like Booby Miles. He does doing all the same thing that in my face, huh? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I like Willie Beam. I like Steam and Willie Beam. I have a Steam and Willie Beam in jersey t-shirt, like Sharks jersey t-shirt That's that I wear bomb. sometimes. It's pretty cool. It's it's not a good t-shirt, though, is the problem. It's very itchy. 
I mean, of course not. It's merchandise for a, you know, B-movie. B-movie? I don't B- know about that. Movie. I think Even Sunday B- might be the second best movie on this list. So far, yeah, maybe. No, overall. Uh, best yeah. Second best football movie I've ever seen. Did uh, you ever watch the show on ESPN Playmakers? You might have been a little too young for it. I did not. Really good show. That Another ageism got... comment, Calvin. Thank I'm you. I'm sorry about that. My God. Like, I was 14 when it came out, so you would have been, like, 8. And it was a very hard R look at the quote-unquote NFL and inside the locker room and inside the players' lives. Very good show. Only ran for one season because ESPN got pressure from the NFL to take it off the air because it was hitting a little too close to home for that the NFL. That sounds awesome. It was a bit controversial. Go look it up. Try and find it at your family video. It's it's only one season. It's like 10 or 13 episodes. Really great stuff in there. What's this called again? Playmakers. I am great so intro to song, that. too. I just keep coming back to Willie Beeman, man. He you had know, a cannon. That's, that's fair. I'll accept that. I, I would have gone with Sunshine Ronnie Bass had I not picked Herman Boone for the last pick, but um, I'm, I'm a sucker for a cannon and a mobile quarterback in a time where mobile quarterbacks were unheard of. And, um, you know, he just he was a good player. He's a pretty fucking good player. All right, now let's move into – this was a tough one because there's a lot of good – in a football movie – there's always a good reason that they have to win the game, right? So we're going to go to the best end goal for the team award. And there's none better that can give out this award than our friend Kobe Mack from the At Kobe Told Me podcast. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy Kobe Mack, host of the Kobe Told Me podcast, co-host of the Minorities Report film podcast, and your soon-to-be lead anchor of the Stream Team Podcast, the sports center for your favorite streaming platforms. You can give your boy a follow. I'm on all the socials, at Kobe Told Me, on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm on Facebook, at Kobe Mac. And I am here to present to you, on behalf of a podcast about something, the best team goal. And the winner is... Remember... Titans. Anybody know what this place is? This is Gettysburg. This is where they fought the battle of Gettysburg. 50,000 men died right here on this field. Fighting the same fight that we're still fighting amongst ourselves today. If we don't come together right now on this hollowed ground, we too will be destroyed, just like they were. I don't care if you like each other right now, but you will respect each other. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll learn to play this game like men. That's Coach Herman Boone, performed brilliantly and masterly by Denzel Washington. And not only is it one of the greatest sports acting performances ever, it's inside of one of the greatest sports movies of all time. And I can't imagine a film more worthy than the best team goal. A man with all the odds stacked up against him in a part of Virginia in a time in our country that was teamed with turmoil and racial strife. Gosh. This team banded together against the alls to pull out the impossible. Boone was told by a member of the school board that if he loses even a single game, he'll be dismissed. The Titans would go on through the season to be undefeated, battling racial prejudice before slowly gaining support from the community that loved them. 
And even at the last moment, in the semifinals, a board member came one more time to Coach Boone's staff and said, you know what? We're going to do something to get you where you want to be. And that staff member realizes this, and against the odds some more, when they find out that the game was possibly rigged, this team banded together and played their hearts out. Not only winning the semifinals, but going on to win the state finals. Remember the Titans gets the award for the best team goal. And remember, when they ask you where you heard it from, you tell them Kobe told me. Peace. All right, I mean, we were talking about recasting this with John David Washington, but fuck that. We got we got the actor to replace Denzel right there. Kobe Col- Matt. Yeah. He did it. I mean, we got to keep having him back every time we do this with guests because I just want to hear what his monologue is because he does He's a great masterful. job at that. He's masterful. Um, good pick, too. I, Very good pick. We already, we already both picked Remember the Titans, so we couldn't give it there. But, I mean, again, they've got to defeat racism. They've got to win the state championship. They've got to keep the coach his job. They've got to show that they can come together. That's all important. It's a good yeah. pick. There, it's a good there's pick. many layers to that one. For Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And I, we've already kind of talked around the Titans to death, um, but it's a great pick. Way to go, Colt. Holler back. Now, for the actual award, I got to give it to the Little Giants. In the Little Giants. Uh, you know, they're playing for one town, one team. Danny O'Shea needs to beat Kevin O'Shea to, to kind of prove that it's that he belongs, you know, that, that he has a role in his family and in this town and, you know, that he can do that. He can beat his brother just one time. That's all it takes is one time. You know, he he also gives, as somebody mentioned on our Twitter that we we read earlier, he gives these mis- misfits kind of a chance to play football. And I think. Regardless of who you are, I feel like every young boy has it in them that they want to play football. Even even if they know they're not good at it, even if they know that like nothing's ever gonna come of it, like they they just kids want to go out and just throw the football. And it's not even just young boys, young girls probably want to do it too, as shown by the icebox here. You know, we he proved that girls can be the best player on a football team also. Even though the Cowboys wouldn't pick up the icebox. And it's just it's important that these kids who otherwise would not have a chance to play football got a chance to play and then does the ultimate boss move at the end and says you know what bro we'll just combine our teams you don't have to you don't have to your kids can still play every kid gets a chance here at O'Shea Chevrolet at O'Shea Chevrolet football is really a team team sport through and through like that's the tightest unit I've ever played with was on a football team absolutely uh, and and if it's if it's not that way, your team's just gonna suck. Yeah, I mean you gotta play okay. football like two things like your hair's on my fo- fire. My football teams were not a tight knit group, and we fucking sucked. Yeah, so. I mean, I was on some that weren't, and some that were, and it was night and day. Mm-hmm. We had we had some parts of our team that worked, and you could tell those parts worked well together. But then the other parts would kind of crumble a little bit because they weren't as tightly knit, and then the whole thing kind of unravels if you let it. Uh, but yeah, I really liked the little giants that they were playing, not only for pride, but just to give everyone a chance. And that's important for kids. Like the the Kevin O'Shea, who is a former football star, Heisman Trophy winner, he just wanted the best players. And when you're 10, 11 years old, which I think they are in the, in this movie, 
that's not really what's important. Like everybody just wants a chance to play. Everybody wants to go have fun. It's not important that you're the best at that age. Unless you're a turd. There's always that turd. Well, but yeah, I agree. You just want to go have fun with your, with your buddies, with your friends. That's yeah. about it. And, and that's what the little giants gave them the opportunity to do that. And it gave Danny O'Shea the opportunity to show Kevin O'Shea that maybe there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's four ways to skin a cat. Shout out Parks and Rec. All right, who do you have for best end goal for a team? We've actually already mentioned this movie, um, but I give the it's it's a multitude of end goals for a multitude of characters in uh, any given Sunday. It's the Water Boy, isn't it? No, 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 Water Boy. It's uh, any given Sunday. I mean, nice. the Miami Sharks Great as a team. They're, you know, they they got to come back to relevancy. They're like the Cowboys trying to come back from their 90s glory. Tony well, D'Amato. The, the, they got to f- fire Jason Garrett then if they want to do that. Fuck yeah. He, Tony D'Amato is the Jason Garrett of this made-up football league, I think. Exactly. But he wants to keep his job just like Jason Garrett. So he's going to do you know just enough. Willie Beeman. So he's going to constantly give blowjobs to Jerry Jones or Cameron Diaz, I guess, in this situation. You know Jerry Jones has a push to call button, and Jason Garrett's like, "Fuck, honey, it's I know it's two thirty, but it's JJ again. Yeah, <laughs> it's JJ. <laughs> JJ needs a BJ. Got to head out. <laughs> it's just, it's not even a push to call. It's just like a, it's like a beeper, because Jerry Jones is so fucking old. So he gives Jason Garrett a beeper, and it just comes in with the text scroll that says JJ needs a BJ. Do we just fucking crack the code? We're going to look on, you know, this Sunday, we're going to watch it close, and we're going to see a beeper on Jason Garrett's hip. It's going to be If I see one, I'm definitely going to screenshot it and circle it and share it out. Please do. Because, Jason uh, Garrett's I mean, beeper. We've kind of figured it out. Thank JJ God. needs a BJ. All right. JJ needs a BJ. So, so tell me more about why the Sharks uh, need this win. I mean, they're, they used to be, you know, a great team. They were well-respected, and now they're kind of at the bottom of the league. They're losing momentum. They, they they need to stay relevant because that means money, that means jobs, that means the whole shebang. Tony well, doesn't Mato, Cameron Diaz want to sell the team? Or no, she wants a new stadium. That's what it is. Either way, you need to be yeah. relevant or you're right, not going to exactly. get any money. Um, Tony D'Amato wants to keep his job, or at least he wants to stay in the business. And Willie Beeman, he wants money. to be a starter. You know, he he wants to prove he can play. He wants to get noticed. And LL Cool J needs his new contract. Or no, he's playing for a bonus, right? He needs so many yards to get his bonus. No, and then if he gets Lawrence that Taylor, bonus, oh, that's right, like, he needs sacks to get his bonus. And yeah, LL Cool J is trying to get a contract. He wants the contract so he can buy more cocaine. Yeah, they all want some cocaine. But I mean, they end up doing very, very well, <laughs> and it, it's fun because it kind of parlays some of the main characters' success with this team into success later in life. You know. Like you mentioned before, Tony D'Amato totally fucks over the Sharks, and so does Willie Beeman. Oh, yeah. Well, Willie Beeman doesn't really have a choice. In, a, in an expansion draft, you get to, as long as they're not, like, expansion protected, you just get to pick players off other teams. Like, teams get to, to designate a certain number of players that you can't take, and the Sharks obviously didn't do that with Willie Beeman, so then everybody else is fair game from every other team to build the new expansion team. You think they make an Any Given Sunday too? I don't think they need to. I think it would be hard. Um, I guess if, if it's a follow-up with just Tony D'Amato and he's got a full new team and maybe Willie Beeman's like a a coach or something on their team. Yeah, I don't know because it would be hard. 
I wouldn't want to see it. No, me either. You and know what they made a straight-to-DVD sequel of recently that I saw at the Redbox? What's that? Inside Man. Another great Denzel series. movie. Yeah. They Don't know what it's about. Can't watch it. I imagine it's about a guy inside something. Yeah. Inside Man's a great movie. When we talk yeah. heist movies someday, it'll be it'll weigh heavily in on there. Oh, hell yeah. So another underrated factor about the Sharks is their touchdown celebration, which we didn't get to talk about, where uh, they do the fin on top of the head and bob their head super dope super dope yeah i i like your pick it's a good pick i like i like that it, it gives it's it's not the team's goal it's more of an individual goal for each player on the team i like that so that's a new twist that's what we're here as for a team. exactly everybody's everybody's kind of playing for it's kind of like we were talking about with the cohesion of you know the little giants and remember the titans of how all those players need to come together they need to be a tight-knit group the Sharks were not that. They didn't give a shit about each other as people. No, they hated each other. But they each had their own goals and realized that they had to help each other out to each achieve those goals. And they did. And that one guy ripped out somebody's eye. <laughs> yeah. That fucking sucks. Dude, that's so bogus. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Let's move on now. Let's do it. All right. Next is the most interesting team. And for that, we have Gordon from Random Reviews and Other Ramblings. At GG Podcasting on Twitter. Let's hear what he has to say about the most interesting team. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Gordon from Random Reviews and Other Ramblings, the show where we get the most out of our Netflix subscription by reviewing randomly selected movies available on the streaming service. I'm here to give the award for the most interesting football team. So I've got to give it to the football team from The Longest Yard, the 2005 version, because you've got murderers, Prisoners, felons, abusers, thieves, and a washed-up quarterback. It's essentially the comedic version of the 2014 Baltimore Ravens. So congratulations to them and all the other winners. <laughs> Damn, shots fired at the Ravens. <laughs> I like that. So... So Gordon stole my pick, so... Same here, goddammit. Okay, so we all got the same one. That's fine. Now we can talk about it, and we don't have to wait. So Longest Yard Meme Machine. Like, that's almost, to me, a no-brainer. Um, you start out with convicts all coming together on a team to build this tight-knit group, right? But you've got fucking Adam Sandler. You've got Greg Goldberg. you got another wrestler that I don't know his name, the, the big uh, Samoan-looking dude. Uh, you got Nelly. You got Michael Irvin. You got Cheeseburger Eddie. Then he throwing Chris Rock as the mascot and Burt Reynolds as a coach slash running back. And fucking Terry Crews. Well, yeah, he's Cheeseburger Eddie. I mentioned him. Did you? I, I, I just like calling him Cheeseburger Eddie. I know he's Terry Crews, but it ain't easy being cheesy. It ain't easy being cheesy. That, I mean, that, that whole movie is just absolutely stacked. That dude from Prison Break, also very good. Is he in there? Yeah, yeah, huh? not Michael Schofield, the oh, okay. the guy that was like a fed who helped then went to their side. He was the other. I didn't watch Prison Break. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't count. The other team doesn't count. We're talking about the Meme Machine. Well, meme Machine. Meme just their machine. names are fantastic. Brucey, Megat, Deacon. Oh, I forgot Boss, about Brucey. Cheeseburger Eddie. Like the fuck. I liked Nelly. Uh, what was Nelly's name? Megat. Megat. That's right. Uh. 
that first run he did where he ran out of his shoes, like that was burned into my memory for so long. And that made me want to keep rewatching the movie more than almost any other scene in the movie, other than the opening scene with Courtney Cox's new boobs. She had just upgraded those and, and was ready to, to show it off. Everybody look at my titties! Yeah, kind of. Except not really, because it's PG-13, so just look at the half of them. Everybody look at my push-up titties! <laughs> and honestly, it, it doesn't matter what they did to, to, go, to get to jail, because on the field, everyone was equal. They were on the same level playing field as the guards in that moment. And, you know, it really stood out when Paul Crew, everybody decided to stop blocking for him, and he just ran it by himself. He said, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Loses his helmet on the play, keeps going. That really showed the rest of the team, like, okay, we're here for it. Even though he cut a deal to, to get out of prison if they won, but that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. We won't judge Paul Crew. Paul wrecking Crew. Yeah, what I mean, he was trying to get out of jail. Any, any one of us would have done the same. And this was this was another close second for best end goal for a team. Like, beating the guards in a prison matchup where it's legal and you're not going to get shipped to the hole, like, that's great. And then someone almost got sniped. So, like, you can't – I feel like you can't include a movie where someone almost gets sniped as the best end for, for a team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It gets thrown in their face. But, yeah, anytime – if I was in prison and they were like, yeah, you, could, you know, all you got to do is basically – play football against these guards i would fuck them up i don't give a shit who it was i feel like the prisoners would in most prisons would be legitimately better than the guards in a football game it's quite possible i mean guards don't have 23 hours a day to work out and yeah and do whatever the fuck they want like and guards are like not always the most in shape people no they're usually fat usually or like or like skilled at anything they're usually skilled at watching others. Shout out prison guards. Actually, this this kind of relates. My football coach in high school for my freshman and sophomore year was a prison guard. Hmm. Also not in shape. Yeah, I mean. And old. And had like two replaced hips and two replaced knees. He wasn't chasing anyone down on the football field. Let me tell you that. He was not going to tackle Paul Wrecking Crew or Nelly the Maggot. Oh, hell no. We had a coach like that, too. And he would sit on the blocking sled and make you push his 400-pound yeah. fat ass across. The I mean, he wasn't that big, but he, he would do the same. He'd sit on the sled. and Yeah. I was not That's good silly. at the blocking sled. Let me just say that for the record here. I was hated the, the sled. I was fine on the five-man sled because, like, the other four people could make up for me. But the <laughs> one-man sled, like, that, fuck that thing. Yeah, I would, I would always just make weird sounds to make him uncomfortable. I'd be like, ah! Ah! I could take a hit all day. I could do like anything actually that happens in a game. I'm fine with, but put me up against that fucking blocking sled. No, get me, get, get the fuck out of here with that. But we got, do we have anything else on the meme machine? We do not have anything. They they came together as a team. A lot of interesting characters there. It, I think it's the only right answer. I think so. I, mean, I don't have it. it's, it's I don't have any like uh runners up or anything for that like it, it, when it came to the actually I do have a runners up Varsity Blues. They had a pretty interesting team. Never seen. You haven't seen Varsity Blues. God. God. Can you go and watch some 90s movies. Come eat some dinner. All right, let's move on to the final category. Best touchdown/touchdown slash touchdown celebration. 
Uh, from this, we've got a three-peat. Uh, we actually get three people given the award. It is the guys from Thoughts from the Basement podcast uh, on Twitter there, at TFTBpod. So follow them, listen to this. They've all got different opinions, and uh, they come together to make some compelling points. Here we go. So then Keanu Reeves takes his helmet off, okay? <laughs> and his hair is perfect. He played an entire second half of football, and his hair is perfect. Nice I don't get and feathery. It. I, I I don't get it either. What's up, everybody? I'm Chris Kiningham. I'm Alex Mark. Hey, guys. I'm Stephen Gaston. And this is the Thoughts from the Basement podcast. Uh, we primarily focus on movies on our podcast, but every now and then we delve into topics such as comics, video games, and just whatever else comes into our heads. So be sure to check us out. And with that, we have been presented with the Best Touchdown, touchdown! Award for the evening. Thank best you, touchdown. Alex. You're welcome. <laughs> Hug um, it. Chug it. Football. Best touchdown. Who's starting? Sounds like you want to start. Yeah, you're all amped I'm up, start. Alex. Yeah, all, right. Why don't you go? all right. Well, let me let me let me uh, read this to you. Let me just give you a little quote here, okay? I'm gonna tell you how great this is, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Pain heals, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. Okay. okay. That's Keanu Reeves in a movie called The Replacements. He used. Oh. All, is that the first time those quotes have ever been said? Ever? Yeah. I don't know. I was but about to say if that movie. It's a quote from that quotes. movie. So Keanu Reeves stars in this movie with Gene Hackman where uh, a football team goes on strike and they hire replacement players to come in and play for the season. And my touchdown comes at the end of the movie whenever it has been found out that the players have crossed the line and they're going to be playing in the playoffs. And these replacement players are playing their last game. And if they win, their team goes to the playoffs. But they're not going to play in the playoffs. They're done after this game is over. And so they are just playing for their own glory. Um, and it's a great touchdown. Uh, Keanu's there. It's classic. It's a two- movie from the year 2000, so it is uh, classic 90s. Um, after an awesome fake field goal happens where Keanu runs the ball in, there's actually a penalty that happens, and the ball goes back. They have to replay the play, which is a really cool and interesting thing to do because you watch that play and you think, okay, that's the final touchdown. He did it. They won. But no, there's a penalty. they got to redo it. And... Uh, there's a, a wide receiver who is deaf, who's played by Roy from The Office, for any Office fans, and he catches that last pass. Uh, whenever they go to pl- call the play, Keanu tells Gene Hackman, he says, I want the ball, and Gene Hackman says, good, winners always do, which is just a, a badass quote. Badass. And so Keanu throws the deep ball to Roy. Roy catches it, and then we have an awesome cover of Heroes from David Bowie <laughs> from The Wallflowers. Very good. That's my pick. Very good. Very good. Very good. Steven, what's yours? Um, well, I was going to go with Remember the Titans just because it's such a classic. And then as I was searching through uh, Remember the Titans touchdowns, I was reminded of a little movie called Little Giants. 1994 oh. ruled my childhood. I love this movie so much. Um, got Rick Moranis and Ed O'Neill. They play rival brothers who uh, have peewee football teams that are against each other. And... Uh, I would say the funniest touchdown in the movie, which is my second pick, goes to uh, the character Jake Berman, played by Todd Bosley, which yeah. if you don't know him by name, you would definitely know him if you saw him. Um, but uh, that's definitely the funniest. My favorite one, though, has to go to the character Johnny Venero, played by John Paul Steer. But basically, it's a kid scene where um, the kid's dad is always working. He can never make it to any of the games. Well, they pitch the ball to Johnny, and Johnny's not the best player, 
but his dad ends up finally showing up to one of the games and he's in the end zone and the kid runs to his dad ducks and shucks and stiff arms and dives over every kid there yelling dad 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 as he's running towards him makes the touchdown gives him a big old hug and like that's just the best scene to me i love nice. that i love that movie i love that scene. nice nice well real quick i just gotta ask you guys one question you remember when Bobby Boucher came back and the Mud Dogs won the bu- halftime <laughs> Bourbon Bowl? <laughs> my touchdown, my uh, best touchdown pick is the final touchdown from the Water Boy, the one where uh, Bobby gets the football and he's got what is absolutely one of the best pockets I've ever seen in a football movie. Bobby stands back there for like ten seconds, long enough to look at the offending coach, <laughs> look at Henry Winkler, yeah, look does. down the field, think about his mom. <laughs> Think about Vicky Valancourt, and then he just fucking heaves this ball. Yeah. Bobby Boucher is a better football thrower than Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying it right now. That mm. motherfucker hauls the ball down the field. <laughs> and the wide receiver makes an unnecessary one-handed catch, and then he pulls it in. And then the Mud Dogs win the Bourbon Bowl 30-27, to 27, just like Vicky Valancourt said. This has been the Thoughts from the Basement podcast. Be sure to check us out. Damn, those are some good picks. They had great picks. First and foremost, I got to say, I'm actually upset that no one actually picked Remember the Titans because that final touchdown with Ronnie Bass and Red running the the option and Ronnie Bass getting out there and throwing blocks, like that's a great play. That was fantastic. All right, so I'm upset and I can't pick it because I already picked Coach Boone. So I was a little upset. I wanted one of them to pick it. But you got the replacements uh, with the Keanu Reeves touchdown. And I loved in that how he just, kept calling David Denman Roy from the office. Like, he just kept calling him Roy. I mean, I would do the same thing. Like, he didn't have a real name. Uh, Then we got the Little Giants, which, again, they don't even pick the most iconic play. You're not getting the annexation of Puerto Rico in there. I do like the touchdown where, you know, the guy goes and hugs his dad. That's that's a good touchdown, but I like the annexation of Puerto Rico a little better. And then, uh, what else did they have? Oh, Bobby Boucher for the final one. Which is what I picked. <laughs> oh, wow. Touchdown. Bobby Boucher. Game winner, baby. The Waterboy is really weird because, like, everybody in our age group has seen it and, and kind of likes it, but no one ever talks about it. Well, I mean, it's not... It's one of Adam Sandler's classics, but it's not that good. But even when you're talking Adam Sandler classics, like you go to Happy Gilmore, you go to um, Billy Madison, uh, Big Daddy comes up before it, Mr. Deeds even comes up before it. Big Daddy is a great movie. Like, it's it's like seventh on the list of movies that would come up in an Adam Sandler movie discussion, which is weird because everybody kind of has fond memories from it and everybody can quote it. And that was another one that was on TNT a lot, and you just saw bits and pieces of it here and there. And it's just like, I, I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. So why did you pick best uh, Bobby Boucher for the best touchdown here? Because it was like the most athletic play I've ever seen from a white dude. Just throwing that out there. He received the handoff, stepped back to pass. And I'm saying this as a Chicago Bears fan and Mitchell Trubisky former fan. <laughs> I mean, obviously you haven't watched a lot of Tim Tebow game tape. That's dude, just I watched what it plenty is. plenty because what could have been. But... I mean, he got it off in time. Expire as time was expiring with Meanie in his face. A guy named Meanie. It's tough. And yeah, that's he, right. You know, led his receiver, who was an actual quarterback, to win the game. All while you know that weird. Dude yeah, but he was also a needle just, dick. Yeah, he was. That is just harsh. Harsh. Needle Needles dick. Are very thin. Needle dick. 
And, you know, the dude just is in the stands so excited he is rubbing his nipples. Enjoy. There we go, Farmer Fran. That's a good pick, but here's a better pick. Well, maybe not better. A different pick. I went with Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. You seen Jerry Maguire? I have never seen that, actually. It's a good movie. It's it's long, and there are some stretches where it's pretty boring. Good nap movie. You can kind of come in and out of it. But it's it's a good movie. Anyway, uh, Rod Tidwell, not the main character, but uh, the main client of Jerry Maguire, the actual main character, played by Cuba Gooding Jr., is a receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. And he's been playing all season trying to get a new contract. And people aren't Jerry Maguire quit his job at the big agency and is still trying to be an agent. So teams aren't really taking himself seriously. So he's having a hard time securing a contract for his star receiver, Rod Tidwell. Uh, Rod Tidwell makes this catch in the end zone on Monday night football gets massively concussed. And this is in the nineties. So concussions don't really fucking matter, but he's knocked out for like literally four minutes of screen time, just laying on the ground in the end zone, ball in hand still. Uh, then he wakes up, realizes he's caught the ball, realizes he's in the end zone, stands up and just starts dancing. Great celebration here. Um, it's really second only to the new tweeter end zone dance from varsity blues, which again, you haven't seen, you need to catch up on your nineties football movies. Uh, but basically he wins the game on, on Monday night football, which I already said in front of an actual crowd, it secures their team, a playoff spot. Also, we learned later that this catch kind of was responsible for securing his new $112 million contract extension with the Cardinals, which he's really excited about because he wanted to finish his career in Arizona. I don't know why somebody will want to finish out their career in Arizona, but Tidwell did. I guess he's he's Larry Fitzgerald before Larry Fitzgerald was a thing. And uh, it's just a great play. Getting concussed while catching the ball uh, gets up. Great reaction. Great celebration. And then gets the big contract afterwards. And, it's you know, win, gives win, Jer- win, 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 because Jerry Maguire is also now taken seriously in the community of agents again. And win, 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 because Jerry Maguire also gets the girl in the end, uh, based on Rod Tidwell's confidence in himself. He decides to have confidence in himself and go after Renee Zellweger. Sorry. Not a fan? She is not attractive, in my opinion. She has moments. It's weird. She's a two-face. Sometimes she is, sometimes she's not. All right, those are all the awards we were here to give out. We've got a little bit of extra. We'll kind of try and we, we've gone kind of long, so we'll try and wrap up quickly. Uh, any categories that you think we missed? Uh, the we didn't only get to thing talk about? I was gonna say is the best movie based off a true story, but they're all. So... I mean, I still remember the Titans, right? No, I'm going with the Blind Side. Oh, that I think yeah, slightly more accurate. That, that's a best that that would be the best movie. And, like, the, the closest, like you said, it's most accurate. Definitely. Great choice. I agree. Um, mine was the best actual talent for a player, and this is where I got my Booby Miles in, because it was a toss-up for me between Booby Miles and Sunshine Ronnie Bass, who, who like, as an actor, looked like they could actually play football. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he was out there schooling fools, to tell you. Yeah. Uh, do, do you have a, do you want to throw anyone out there? For, uh, hmm. best best actual talent from an actor? I, I mean, I'd say, uh, guy that played Julius in Remember the Titans. Oh yeah, yeah, Wood Harris. Yeah, I think he'd be right, fucking killing it. 
Also, I mean, does Lawrence Taylor count? No. From I mean, any given Sunday? You can't you can't even put him in there. That'd be like including Shaq from Blue Chips on a on a thing like that. Yeah, we can't do that. Um now here's an interesting thought experiment. If you could be a part of any movie football team, what team would you want to play on and what position would you play? You can either take over for an existing character or just like throw yourself into the the team as a different not main character. I mean, I it's only one choice for me. I'd be, you know, Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor's character in any given Sunday just to play linebacker under the lights. I mean, he got a lot of concussions. I probably got a lot of concussions in high school. Um, linebacker was like the funnest position I think I ever played in any sport. And to play that under the lights on a professional team would be the tits. All right, I'll give you that. I went with Varsity Blues. I was kind of thinking more in a – I wanted to be on a high school team. I didn't want that much pressure being on an NFL or college team. And you can't pick remember the Titans because there's way too much baggage with being on that team, right? You got you to gotta solve racism. You can't just show up and play unless you're Ryan Gosling. Then you you just don't give a shit. Yeah, then it's um, easy peasy. But Varsity Blues has got a lot of fun players. I would want to play quarterback. Um, I would probably just take over. You've never seen it, so it doesn't make sense to you. But for the listeners who have seen it, I'd probably just want to take over for uh, – James Vanderbeek, Jonathan Moxon, Mox. Uh, he's the backup quarterback, so you get a little bit of downtime, and then when Lance Harper gets injured, you get to come in and, and show what you're all about. Uh, but you got a great receiver in Tweeter. You've got Billy Bob as your lineman. You got a great running back. Um, and Texas football in high school, like that. That's a great place to be. I think everybody's out there having fun. I'd like to be a part of that. You go to strip clubs at night. Your teachers are there. You know, it, it's a good. It's a, it's a fun team to be. That sounds dope. Um, you really need to watch Varsity Blues, like I'm tonight. Check that out. I gave you a lot of movies to watch today. Anyway, thank you for listening to our football movie superlatives. Thank you to Kobe Mack, uh, Gordon from Random Reviews and Other Ramblings, the guys from Thoughts from the Basement, Boomer from the Boomstick Podcast, and Joshua Self from Self Shoots the Shit. Thank you to all of you. For participating, we'll give you, uh, we'll we'll tag you on Twitter, uh, when the episode releases and everything like that. But uh, again, thank you for participating. We really appreciate it. Um, check us out on Twitter at APA something at alone underscore podcast, and the music, as always, for podcasts about something is provided by those cats. Yeah, stay sexy. Stay classic.